Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers. Uh, for those wondering, yes, I'm in my car. I'm out on the road seeing <laughs> prospects in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Just left Lancaster High practice, and they got a number of guys over there, man. They got a couple of DBs Rod will really like in the 2025 and 2026 class. We'll talk about it at a later date. Uh, normally, we talk a little bit of recruiting on Talking Ball. We're going to get back to that next week because this week, just too much going on on the injury front. Yep. When yours, uh, Arch Manning, Malik Murphy, Sark's press conference today, the BYU game. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, that's going to cover enough time for Rod and I today. Uh, we're brought to you, as always, uh, by John Donovan, president of Longhorn wealth management before uh, we get into Sark's press conference rod I want to take a second for uh, John Donovan uh, that is longhornwealth.net in his more than 30 years of practice John as a CFP has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for his clients John is a proud University of Texas graduate and has dedicated his firm to serving his fellow University of Texas alumni and University of Texas employees. So to learn how Longhorn Wealth can secure life insurance protection for you and your loved ones, give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Again, thank you very much to John Donovan, Longhorn Wealth Management Group, for being the sole sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod, Sark's press conference. I guess uh, your initial takeaways, reactions to that, which happened around 1130 this morning. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was interesting uh, in a lot of different ways. The the injury updates, which we'll get to, we'll talk about those. But one thing that stood out to me was when Sark was asked about clarifying when Quinn Ewers suffered the injury, at what point in the game, what play it was, because I think we're all – you know, a little bit unsure. We haven't had any clarity on that. We we know around what time he got hurt. We yep. don't know what play, right? What play it happened. He he didn't give them. He didn't give up the goods. He was unwilling to uh, actually clarify when Quinn got hurt. Now I'm sure he's got his own reasons for that. He's got right. motives for it. But I thought that was interesting that he wouldn't yeah. let us know what play it was. Yeah, and, and look, I don't want to contradict Sark here, but uh, you know, I, inside Texas, I mean, I reported yesterday that Quinn was hurt on the Nelson Caesar sack in the third quarter. Uh, that is when the right side injury occurred um, when Nelson Caesar uh, beat JT Sanders in pass pro. Uh, happens. It's football, right? But that is when I was told the initial injury happened. Uh, the run uh, there in the fourth quarter against David Awigbu, uh, the OU transfer, the yeah. uh, linebacker for um, – of U of H that Quinn took that shot on his left side. So yep. not the side that's injured. So did that exasperate it? Possibly, but that's not where the injury occurred. Uh, the injury occurred on the Nelson Caesar hit in the third quarter there and Quinn tried to play through it. So good on Quinn. But yeah, that was an interesting, uh, that was interesting to hear Sark talk yeah. about that. And we don't know why. I mean, you know, there could be a number think, of reasons. You know, maybe he's a, he, he's just not he, he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. Right. That could be that too. He doesn't want to clarify it because then if that's the case, then we'll go, well, it was this player responsible for this and that. Right. And he doesn't want to get into any of that. Uh or maybe, you know, he doesn't want, you know, maybe maybe NFL scouts, you know, Quinn Ewers is a pro prospect. Yeah. 
um, him, you know, making decision making in terms of him as a runner. Maybe he doesn't want that to come up. Maybe he was leaving that for Quinn to explain at the combine. Yeah. So hey, what if Quinn wants to explain it his way, Quinn can explain. There's it his a lot way. that goes into it that we don't think about. Exactly, because yeah. NFL scouts will ask. Because yes. NFL scouts, they want to know. They want to know hey, what play was it, and did you know? What I mean, they want to know specifics. Trust me, I was in in, in that combine at that combine, and they really want to get specific. Sometimes just because they're curious. Sometimes for the records and for their own evaluations. So I think Sark was smart. He's just like, hey man. For my guys, for my guys, I'm I'm just gonna leave it up in the air. And he said it's for you guys to decide. He said y'all do your own research. And you I, know I, what? I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, actually. yeah. Don't worry, Jerry's got sources, baby. We did it. Sorry, we, <laughs> we got it. we got it covered. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, then, and then I think a reporter fell out of his chair after that on another question. It was a pretty uh, funny day over in uh, New House. Uh, so, but look, here's the, this is a topic all week. We there's a lot to talk about with the BYU game. But it's going to start with Malik Murphy, and yep. it's going to start with Arch Manning. Because the one thing Sark did say is Quinn's week to week, he pretty much said, as of today, Malik Murphy would be your starting quarterback. We believe and know that Quinn's not playing Saturday unless there's a Willis-Reed moment, which we don't expect to happen. Um, so it's going to be Malik Murphy, and it's going to be Arch Manning. Mm -hmm. uh, Sark said both will get reps with the ones this week. And if the game was today – it's Malik Murphy, which that left an open-ended question in itself, which kind of leads you to believe, all right, who's going to play better Saturday? Because it sounds like both may get a chance. Hey, man, he doesn't know. And you know what? I think that's a, there's a lot in there, too. Who, who, yeah. How do people look this week? Who does he believe he can win with? There's a lot on the plate and a lot on the table for Texas. Exactly. And I think he wants to make sure he's got all options available. Trust me, I was on the 40 Acres and during one of the most, if not the most famous, infamous quarterback controversy competition in the history of Texas football with Sims and Applewhite. And I can tell you what you don't want is for the the quarterback competition to become a controversy and then divide the locker room. You, right. you want to avoid that kind of stuff if you're Sark. And, and for him, he already knows who his starter is going to be. So it's a different situation altogether. But for Sark, he's got to make sure that, you know, I always say choosing a quarterback is like choosing a significant other. Yeah. The woman you marry is not always the hottest woman you ever dated. She was the one that was most compatible with you, right? And the same thing about quarterback. It's not always about, oh, man, the guy with the big arm, uh, the guy that's got, you know, the uh, the prototypical size, these things and dimensions. It's much like the, the player that works best is most compatible with the offense. Yeah. And, I don't. I'm not sure if that's Malik or not. We don't know. I think Malik is a veteran. He's got to get the shot. He's got. He's got a, a cannon of an arm. But there's also about processing the offense. It's all about being having a poise in the pocket. Um, you know, these are the, in Sark's offense. It it has a certain way it needs to work on yeah. schedule and a certain way it needs to operate. And if Malik can't operate that way, then Sark may have to look elsewhere. May have to look at Arch as a better option to operate the offense. But I think Malik right now, I think Sark's going to build this offense around his strengths. He said that actually. He yeah, said he that. did. He said that. All right? What does Malik do right? well? Yep. What does each one of these quarterbacks do well? So let's get into that. Great lead-in segue, Rod. You've done this a few times before. <laughs> um, let's start with Malik. I'll give you what I've seen on Malik um, as a high school player now. Malik is a credible arm talent. Um, great size, 6'5", 240. A pocket passer, 
Um, he's not a dual threat guy. He's a pocket passer, which we have to talk about in every chat we do on, on, on Texas football, yeah. on inside Texas all the time. He is a pocket passer. He is a pass one, two, three, four guy. And then if nothing else is available, uh, he, he'll run. But that's the way he is as a quarterback. Um, that's the way he's trained. That's the way he plays. That's the way he was built as an athlete as well. He moves in the pocket. He's got some gamesmanship gamesmanship to him i think he's a light very likable guy right um you know coming out of high school a guy that was 58 percent as a high school pastor um had a good year as a senior before the ankle injury um he came in they've, they've done a lot of mechanical work with him they really work and work to shorten his release get him more compact uh because being a pocket passer that ball's got to get out quick right rod and yep. the last thing you can do as a pocket passer is have a long arm even if you have a quick arm, long arm, yeah. long release, because if you're two split seconds late, oh, getting the ball out to what you see. He's like me, love it. I hey, love kick it. six time, baby. <laughs> so what have you seen from Malik? You, <laughs> you watched him in the spring game. Um, you've watched just some of him. What What is it you've seen from Malik so far? Um, I really like the way he moves in the pocket, actually. Uh, something that stood out to me just watching. I like the way he moves in the pocket. I think it's a nat something natural for him yeah. as a quarterback. Because you're right, people want him – they want him to be a dual threat quarterback. I know so bad because he's so big, he's so yeah. intimidating, and so formidable. He's not. He's a pocket passer, but he does have the ability to move around in the pocket. And because he's so big and strong, you can't just bring him down. Right. All right, with a guy who uh, gets a good swipe at his ankles or his legs. You know, he can still move around from that stuff. So I like that about his game. And yes, his arm. I mean, it's a cannon. So if there's if there's some truth to if his deep ball accuracy is better or as good as Quinn's they may still keep the deep ball what oh, yeah. he'll struggle with is the intermediate throws yeah. guys that's what young quarterbacks always struggle with strangely enough that was Quinn's strength yeah. <laughs> Quinn's strength was the intermediate which is one of the toughest parts of a quarterback's game man he that's had the what, hardest part down as naturally <laughs> yes exactly yeah the deep ball he's got at least some work and he's actually growing the quick the quick throws as well yeah. so for I think for for Malik early on you're going to see the quick the quick high percentage easy throws essentially uh long handoffs right getting him in the groove getting him in the rhythm and i would not doubt if you still see sark take shots with that deep ball just well, Rod, because let's, let's talk about that rod he has to yes you no know, he has to you look okay let's not even say let's not even say if he he has to he wants to yeah. <laughs> okay. Sark is not Sark's not gonna hand it off 60 times and, and run and run a bunch of bubble screens. Okay. No. That's like not his who he is. It's not his DNA as a play caller, as an offensive coordinator. And by the way, he's got you gotta keep stretching the field to keep a defense honest. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is, if there's not a threat of it, it changes your offense dramatically. Yep, I would not doubt if you see, I know Longhorn fans may not like it, the deep ball earlier yeah. and often in games because if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm, I'm going to make that young buck beat me. So Jonathan Brooks ain't going to beat me anymore because I know what Jonathan Brooks can do. I'm loading the box yeah. against Jonathan Brooks in that run game. What I don't know is if Malik Murphy can make all the throws. I know he's got the goal. I know he's got a big arm, but that doesn't mean you can be accurate. And that's the thing about it, right? That's the accuracy is what I, I want right. to know about Malik. I, I've seen it, but can he do it consistently, consistently with pressure in his face? Can he be accurate? 
I, that's the thing. That's what he, that's what really improved about Quinn's game this season yep. is his accuracy, right? Look at his completion percentage. Look at the ball placement now. And with young quarterbacks, oftentimes you talked about even in high school, he wasn't that wasn't a strength in his skill set, his accuracy. And you know, I've had I've read quarterback you know uh, evaluators like Mike Leach talk about. I'd rather take a a, a shortstop. All right, who's who's got an accurate arm rather yeah. than a quarterback with a strong arm who's inaccurate? Uh, Sark talks about accuracy in his top three uh, traits of quarterback. Bill Walsh mentions it. Every great quarterback evaluator mentions, "Hey, accuracy is one of my top three to five traits that I I, I must have in a quarterback." Does Malik Malik Murphy have the accuracy? And yeah. if he doesn't have the accuracy, especially in that intermediate area, Sark's got a scheme open bigger passing windows for him. And what that means is play action shots, RPO shots, where you have uh, manufactured, manipulated one-on-one matchups yeah. and then bigger passing windows that you know. He doesn't have to be you know, ridiculously accurate, right, Preci- precision. He just got to get the ball there for his, quarter- for his wide receiver to make a play on it. And I think you'll see more balls like that for, for a young quarterback. I think the uh, I'll throw one out. I think Ad Mitchell is going to be a benefactor of this um, because I, if a team st- stacks the box a little bit more, he's going to get a favorable matchup. I, I, and and it could be one of those, you know, look if they're running that Big Twelve personnel with Ogbo, those yeah. those routes that develop against Oklahoma. Yep. I, that's where I think it makes it, you can put Malik in a comfortable position because you're giving him that extra offensive lineman. Because Agreed. I think Casper is going to be huge. Here. You do not want the guy taking hits early. You do not want him questioning, having to play outside the pocket early and make those decisions. He, you want him to be comfortable enough to where he steps in the throws. There's a calmness in his rhythm uh, because BYU is going to try to get him out of rhythm early. Um, so, Rod, let's move on to Arch Manning. So, I, I was lucky enough to be down at Isidore Newman multiple times throughout his high school career. And the one thing I, I say about Arch is um, that guy played under duress at Isidore Newman. And, look, he didn't win a state championship there. Peyton didn't. Eli didn't. None of them did. Um, they are never the most talented team on the field at that school. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, they're neutral talent on a few games, but they're normally a lesser talented team that lacks the speed uh, at the skill positions. That's just the reality of Isidore Newman football. That's why when you get in that Southern Lab game or or whatever game that is in the third round, you get blitzed because at some point you just can't keep up Mm -hmm. Um, and you get beat by a bunch of 10, 12 Division I players. But 
where I think that helps quarterbacks, Rod, and I've always said this as I've gotten further along in this business, guys that play on these perfect high school teams and these perfect systems and can throw their read 99% of the time, uh, that first read, Garrett Gilbert at Lake Travis, one of those guys, to me, it's a steeper curve. What I like about Arch twofold when he comes into a game, one, they ran a lot of the similar system at Isidore Newman his senior year. I mean, they studied those guys. Coach Stewart is close with Milwee and Sark. They had a lot of the same terminology, a lot of the same route combinations, just everything within that scheme. But then he had to do it under duress. Mm-hmm. So he's comfortable with the offense, and he's already done it under duress. It's not the speed of the game as, as he's going to see Saturday, assuming he gets in the game, which I do think he will. But he's at least going to have – there's going to be some commonality there, and he's already been playing under duress for four years of high school ball as a starter. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, and I, to that point about the him playing under duress – uh, one of the things that I wrote about when watching his film, he does have those athletic instincts. Yes. To make plays where it seems like the play is lost to extend a play. Uh, he may have that better than the other Mannings. Better than all. I know it says, I don't, trust me, I'm not saying he's better I, know, than no, I, think, I think you're, I think he's a better right? athlete. He's Cooper's kid. He's yes. Cooper's kid. Yeah. I'm not saying he's better than the other Mannings. Not just maybe one day he will be, but I'm not saying that. But I'm right. saying in terms of athletic, athletic. instincts. Yes, the other Mannings, they were better operating on schedule within the framework because we've seen him under duress, and maybe it's just a product of, you know, the environment that he's in there. Uh, but I, I get to see him operate off schedule. I get to see him extend plays, second reaction plays. His second reactions are pretty good. It, yeah. it, the thing about him and Malik are they, had, they do have very – they're very different right now in their skill sets and their where they are development, developmentally, right? Because I think Archie has better accuracy yeah. as a younger quarterback. Um, I think his touch is better as a passer. So I think those are things that Malik's going to work on, his accuracy and his touch. But, man, Malik can throw the ball probably 70 70 yards downfield, which, I mean, which you got to speak. Basically, Xavier Worthy's always open. Doesn't matter if he's double covered or not. You can just throw it deep enough. He's open. That's like Tyreek Hill kind of stuff, right? Yes, uh, and Sark. That's right. We talked about it. Sark loves that. Sark hasn't had access to that really because he's had to tone that down with Quinn. Didn't have it with Casey uh, Thompson. Didn't have it with Hudson Card. We know he's jonesing to have that deep ball, and he may decide to unleash it because why not? With Malik Murphy, at least it opens up the run game, plants that seed of fear in the defense. So I think. And so Malik's got some, and, he's, and obviously he's just formidable. I mean, look at the guy. Right. <laughs> you have the presence. You can't even bring him down with just one arm tackle. You want to bring him down with a gang tackle. Uh, so he's just got, they, they got two different types of skill sets right now. And I think Sark, that's why Sark brought up, I'm going to have to see what each of these guys does well. And we're going to mold the offense around their strengths. Because I think their strengths are very, very different. Very different strengths. What, what, uh, talk about this, um, um, Real quick, but before you do, because I got a really interesting question that really only you uh, you can answer. Um, but I want to take a second again for John Donovan, uh, Longhorn Wealth Management, the uh, sponsor of Talking Ball. Again, thank you to John Donovan, the LonghornWealth.net team. Uh, in his more than 30 years of practice, John, as a CFP, has been providing total wealth management services and solutions for his clients. John is a proud University of Texas graduate and is dedicated as firm to serving his fellow University of Texas alumni, 
and University of Texas employees. So to learn how Longhorn Wealth can secure life insurance protection for you and your loved ones, give John a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Thank you again to John Donovan for being the sponsor of Talking Ball. Longhornwealth.net, go to him for all your needs. Um, Rod, being in the locker room, with a young quarterback, Chris Sims, you probably can think back and remember it may not be the first time he took the fielder's first start, but being on a team, being in that locker room and having a first time starting quarterback, is there anything different amongst the players? I mean, is it a different thing, a different outlet? You got to look, you lift your guy up, but is it different for you guys? Oh, yeah, no question. Because everybody's got a different leadership style, right? Yep. And that's a natural leadership position. Everybody's looking to that alpha male. That's a, that's a room of alpha males, and they're all looking to that one alpha male, right, to uh, to, to lead them. And so, so you're right. I remember in Christian, I think it was the A&M game, actually, his freshman year. It was when Major was sick. That's yes. it. Right. Trust me. That's one of my best friends in the world. Different style of leadership. But here's the thing about it. If you're putting in the work, the guys on the team know you. It goes back to kind of that Brock Purdy thing. Remember, when Brock Purdy got that starting job with San Fran, all the defensive guys kept saying, oh, no, he's ready. He's ready yeah. to go because he's been on the scout team going up against us, and he's been putting in work doing us dirty on the scout team, so we know he's ready to go. There, he, Malik's been planting seeds with this team. All right, in that locker room, on the practice field, working out in the summertime, off-season work. That Chris Hills was doing it too. That's yeah. the reason Chris Hills was trying to lead in the drills as a quarterback. So why are you doing that? It's like, hey, you got to plant them seeds. All right, those are seeds later on that you're going to be able to cultivate as a leader on that team where guys go, no, no, that guy put in the work with us, man. He was there. He was there in the locker room with us. He led us. And even if you're not giving the starting job at the time, you were representing yourself like a leader. Right. Yes. They, they always saw you as that. Right. It was never a time where we didn't see Sims or Major as a leader in that locker room. That's one thing. All those guys conducted themselves like that. From what I heard about Malik and his charisma right, and his personality, he's been that guy in the locker room with a lot of players. Now they want to see it on the field. So a lot of guys are. I heard Tavondre Sweat saying he said, "Now, nah, man, we we actually are really excited about it. You know, we we think that Malik's going to go out there and he's going to perform at a high level because they've been seeing it at practice. Trust me, when V.Y. were jumped on the scene to America and everybody was like, man, this kid's talented. We already knew because he was on the scout team doing us right. dirty. Right? Right. <laughs> the guys on the team knew like, oh, no, this guy's ready. He's ready. So that is the hope is that the guys on the team, he's already proven himself to the guys in the locker room. They just needed to be confirmed once he goes on the field and say, yeah, that's exactly right. He was balling in practice, and we always translate what we do in practice to the field. That's just another example of it. Now, does that, uh, how does that change for guys if, let's just say they pretty much split the one reps this week? Yeah, that's big. That is big, man, because, and, and this is what you, you want to avoid. I always say, a quarterback competition, trust me, I, I, from experience, it can work much like an election. Right. And nobody wants a contested election or an undecided election or an undecided quarterback competition where the locker room is split or the country is split. We don't want that. Those are bad things. Right. And that's kind of what happens in the locker room, man, when the locker room gets split. And it, it was. There are certain guys. You can't help it. You're human. Right. Hey, man, I think Sims gives us a better chance to win. I think Major gives us a better chance to win. And when the coach leaves it open. Then play. Then players take sides. That's just yeah. the, the natural. That's, that's the kind of the natural way of things. So, what and, kind of job does Sark have this week? Because you know, look, he 
Today in the press conference, he said both guys are going to get reps. If the game was today, Malik's the starter, right? Yeah. I mean, so what's his what, – what, we're guessing, but what's his message? Because both, the team's going to see both guys get reps this week. He's got to prepare both guys to play. Yeah. No, I, I mean, know that. Arch is a hit away. Quinn could – I mean, uh, Malik could get hit the first possession of the game and Arch has to play the rest of the way. You just don't know. So Sark has to prepare both guys like they're going to play this week. Yep, and essentially have two game plan, two different game plans going into the game. Have a Malik game plan and an arch friendly game plan, depending on how things go. And as a coach, you don't want to, but you have to assume you 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 prepare for the worst, right? You assume the best, assume like, hey man, it's gonna work out, it's gonna be great. But you gotta prepare for the worst, and the worst would be, I'm, I'm not gonna wood him. Another injury to quarterback, uh, Malik Murphy underperforming, having you know a meltdown as a young player, whatever it may be, and you got to go to your best option, contingency plan to win games, and that would be Arch. So there is no question if you're Sark, the way you prepare it is in practice. But essentially, both of these guys are being treated like starters. You yeah. have to because you yeah. just don't really know how things are going to play out, and that, I, I know that because we went through that. Right, both, both Sims and Applewhite at one well, point. You're great to have on this show, on this man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he lived it. Yeah, Mac Mac was treating both of them like starters. They were both given, you know, that that kind of anointment. They were both, uh, you know, given that kind of respect with everybody. They were both starters, and you end up having co-starters on the team. And I, 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 I hope they avoid that. I hope somebody just separates and becomes the guy, and Quinn gets back healthy enough where we don't have to even dive into this. But yeah, if if Malik underperforms in that game, there's no doubt Sark's got to explore the other option, which is Arch. And if he does that, then it's official. It's a quarterback controversy. It is just that simple. That's how easy it happens. Look, and we don't know how it's going to play out, but I can make one guarantee: Arch Manning did not arrive in Austin in a limo. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> hey. But, hey, my I man, still thought that was he, awesome at the time. He, but he did not arrange that, apparently. <laughs> that was the parents that arranged that, and they did it through other people, and he didn't know it was going to be a limo, man. No. He's trying, he trying to move some boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's still a pretty funny story, man. It's a great story, man. It's yeah, it story. really is. But All right, that's been this week's edition of Talking Ball. Uh, for the great one, Rod Babers, I'm Jerry Hamilton, not the great one. Uh, and we'll see you <laughs> Tuesday night. Uh, for Longhorn live stream, and I'm sure there'll be I don't know eight nine hundred questions about uh, the quarterbacks this week, plus the BYU game. We'll be there to talk about all of it. Uh, coffee and football with Bobby Burton, Blake Monroe, and myself in the morning uh, for Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. This is Jerry Hamilton. Thank you uh, for joining and watching Talking Ball. Welcome.